0: I like this. We should make this Richard Zessman's theme song, I think, when we talk to him. What do you think, Richard? Do you like the song?
1: Yeah, I was just thinking of that. Yeah, I think it's pretty good.
0: We use Macho Man for uh Von Palmer because yeah, that's for he loves I think that- we
1: know he loves village people. Yeah, I think that one is perfect. It just sort of defines Vaughn. I've known Vaughn a long time, and every time I see him, I think Macho, Macho Man. Man, Yeah, that's right? it. Nails okay, exactly.
0: it. Exactly. Well, this one's just for you, then. Uh, all right, we're talking to Richard Sussman, our global news reporter over in Victoria. First up, finally, some progress, it sounds like, on this whole BC Liberals leadership race.
1: Yeah, so this has been the weirdest Weird. thing, Simi. So. You know, we know that Andrew Wilkinson did not have a great 2020 election, and there was a lot of pressure for him to step down, and, you know, that was an evolving process as well. He originally announced that he'd be leaving as a leader, but he wanted to stay until a new leader was chosen, and then eventually he was convinced to quit as the leader, and he posted on Facebook saying he'd quit, and it's important to remind people, Andrew Wilkinson still has not done an interview with anyone in this province about losing the election and so this is sort of evolving on social media and then i got a tip i forget about a month ago saying that andrew wilkinson actually was still the leader and he hadn't formally stepped down from the party so that saga played out a bit and then uh two days ago so late on tuesday uh, andrew wilkinson formally resigned as the bc liberal leader And, and part of this is a formality that the party has Uh, this clause in the Constitution that says that once the full-time leader resigns, they must have a leadership race within a year. And instead of going about changing the Constitution, which actually would have been relatively easy, the party decided that Andrew Wilkinson, or Andrew Wilkinson decided in essence, that he would stick around and uh, eventually quit, and now he has. So that means now... The Andrew Wilkinson chapter of the BC Liberal story is now over. We can move on from that. The party, for their sake, can move on from that. And a new leader must be chosen within a year.
0: Right. So So now the clock is ticking.
1: Yeah, the the clock is ticking now, in essence. And that means that there should be a new leader in place by the time we get to the budget 2020. Again, that's if the world gets back to normal. Normally, we have uh, the speech from the throne on the uh, second uh, Monday or Tuesday of the uh, February, and then the budget comes uh, the Tuesday after that, mm-hmm. and it should mean if the timing all lines up that we'll have a new li- Liberal leader by then. The big question now uh, is the rules and. Uh, The release that came out from the BC Liberals said that uh, there should be details on that soon. That means, you know, how are they going to select the leader? Like, is it going to be a point system based on writings? Will there Mm -hmm. be a delegated convention? How is all this going to work? We expect it to be similar uh, to the leadership contest that selected Andrew Wilkinson. Uh, So preferential ballot with a point system for every writing. Uh, But that could change. And then the other question, Simi, also is who's running. Yeah, exactly. you know, Kevin Falcon has clearly uh, emerged as the front runner. My sense is that he is running but wants to wait to see the rules to make that determination. A lot of it will be about, you know, how much it will cost to get into the race. Money won't be a factor for Falcon's team. I, my understanding is he's doing very well fundraising. Um, And then the other question is who will challenge him? And there's a few names that are circulating. Uh, Some MLAs are looking around. uh, Michael Lee, uh, Tom Chapitka, Ellis Ross, Renee Merrifield are looking around seeing, well, you know, could this help my profile? Do I actually have a chance of winning? Mm -hmm. A few non-MLAs are are looking around. uh, A guy named Aaron Gunn, Gavin Dew, who's run for the party before, uh, they are asking around. So... You know, the question is, can any of these people actually beat Kevin Falcon? Uh, and and will the leadership be a chance for the party to go through this renewal that so many believe they desperately need?
0: Oh, it's going to be interesting to watch this all unfold. All right, let's talk about what else is going on. What is the situation in Port Moody? I know there's some frustration there in regards to COVID-19, but what's happening?
1: Oh, th- this one is really interesting, Simi. And, and you know, as we know through this virus that this can hit communities at any time, mm-hmm. and, and in Metro Vancouver especially with things so tight-knit, but it seems to have hit Port Moody really hard. And and there's a few different factors at play here. The first is the St. James Well Pub. And so Dr. Henry alluded to a few days ago, a games night that took place in a pub that led uh, to a huge spread of COVID-19. And she's now described it as a super spreader event. And we know that it took place at this pub on February 2nd. And what happened is 15 people of the 50 that were there got sick and they brought it back into their Neighborhoods and people at schools got sick. At other workplaces, got sick. At um, a child care center, got sick. And WorksafeBC, I spoke to them yesterday. Now say they are working on an inspection with Fraser Health to understand what went wrong. That the pub had a safety plan in place, and it brings up the question about whether you know there's complacency going on here. The safety plans are in place, but businesses aren't. You know of fully uh, abiding by those safety plans. And it's something that Al Johnson from WorkSafe told me yesterday is that, you know, this has gone on a long time and the businesses are doing their best to keep employees safe. But in in more instances now than over the last little bit, they are seeing people become complacent. So that's one. And then the other one, and and I haven't yet been able to figure out if they are connected, is the Port Moody Amateur Hockey Association knew of a positive case within the Hockey Association, I'm told, around the same time as this games night, February 2nd or 3rd. And they still, even after knowing about this, I am being told, and this is the concern that's being raised by parents within the association, is they still held hockey practices. And there's concerns about coaches... around players and then that has also led to the spread of the virus into schools and i'm being told from people in port moody that this hockey situation is leading to a lot of tension and frustration and the hockey association has now put the uh, practices on hold for another few weeks to to ensure that you know there isn't spread going on for kids playing and among coaches but you know One of the things this virus could do for those who have firsthand experience, knowing people who've had it, or it it creates a lot of animosity in communities about decisions that organizations are making, about decisions that families are making. And, you know, we're at a point there in Port Moody, it seems where there's a lot of anger about, you know, people not, the second they know they are sick, get tested, isolate, remain isolated. Because if we do that, we can stop the spread of the virus.
0: Right. It just, You're right. It sounds like complacency. I think that's a good word for it. Uh, we know that Premier Horgan's going to be having his weekly kind of media availability today. And I'm sure, Richard, he's going to be asked about the uh, decision yesterday and regarding the church injunctions.
1: Yeah, that would be my guess. And again, the, the church injunction decision was, you know, an important legal decision, but ultimately does not change a whole lot. And and that's what the decision in essence said, is that the Dr. Bonnie Henry has power under the order uh, to ensure that these churches um, don't operate. And she sent out a long statement yesterday describing that, uh, you know, the reason why churches are closed because there's concern about transmission connected to those churches. So no doubt Horgan uh, will be asked about that. He likely will be asked about uh, a rapid increase over the last year. In, in anti-Asian uh, racism. Uh, vaccine rollout is something the Premier likely will be asked about and, and you know whether uh, mm-hmm. BC is confident that the federal government will be able to deliver the vaccines as promised. So you know he's out. Uh, he won't be at the press theater today. He'll be out in community in, in West Shore uh, here in, in the Capital Regional District, I think uh, the premier is getting a bit antsy, Simi, to get out and, yeah. and feel some sense of normalcy. So he'll be doing a media event that looks more typical than things we saw uh, during the election and and pre pandemic.
0: One of the things I found interesting in that uh, court decision yesterday is the judge essentially saying, "Look at the government already has the tools to do more. Yeah. You don't really you don't need this injunction yet." Uh, not saying that they wouldn't get it in the future, but they're saying right now you have tools to crack down. And I guess the question is, does that mean that now the government is going to?
1: Yeah, and that leads to like this larger issue of what sort of crackdowns are we going to see? And and Minister Mike Farnworth sent out a statement yesterday around how uh, the province is looking at ways to have larger fines, especially, or, for those who are repeat offenders and you know we know that there are businesses you know it's not just churches there are other businesses and individuals who continually break the rules uh, and there's been questions about whether the province should be having an escalator clause in there that every time you get a fine the fine goes up but that's something that requires legislative change and is something the province has looked into and is not done quite yet but that is the question next is if we see you know this COVID-19 curve remains steady for weeks and weeks and weeks and our restrictions are in place, Uh, the province will be pressured by the public to say we need to punish those breaking the rules. That at this point, um, every, every case of COVID is in essence due to someone who is not following the rules. And at this point, there's no excuse for not following the rules.
0: All right, Richard, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Amy. Richard Zussman, our global news reporter over in Victoria, going to have a busy day today. We'll hear more about Premier John Horgan's um, media availability a little bit later on in the day.